Hey there, listeners. This is Ruckman here, giving you a little preface while I'm editing this episode. Just a heads up, Ricky's computer had a drastic failure while we were recording this episode, and his audio was unsalvageable after about an hour of us already recording. So this is the late night, and Chris and I were already still going to record anyway without his audio, so we decided to sort of start over and try and redo some of the conversation we had beforehand just between the two of us. Uh, because of that, this, uh, this episode is a little more loose a little more informal, a little more unstructured than, we're, than what we've given you guys in the past. Not to say that we're not trying to be very strict and formal in our actual episodes. This is a little more conversational style, sort of how we talk normally when not recording. So just if some things here don't really match up with the what we've given you beforehand, just want to let you guys know that's why. Next week, though, we should be back to a regular episode with all three of the judges, with all three of the, the hosts here. And we'll be back to your hot takes, everything you guys have come to know and love with this episode. Uh, the week after that, the episode will be up a little late. I'm taking a trip starting Friday, December the 6th, running through Friday, December the 13th is when I'll get back. We're going to record pretty much as soon as I get back that Friday evening, and we're gonna, I'm going to upload. And then in there, hopefully, it'll be up Saturday morning. We're trying to aim for a Friday release for you guys. So here's the little sort of behind-the-scenes look and what's been going on with us, and thank you all for listening. Oh, real fast before I get out here, because I sort of wait a little while before I talk about this in the episode. We are now currently available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Podcast, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so check us out there if you're currently subscribed to our RSS feed. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, at Crew3Podcast. And from there, you can go ahead and find Chris and Ricky's personal stuff. But I'm going to be trying retweeting any stuff that they have from that main, those main accounts uh, in regards to Pioneer. So thank you all for listening, and I hope you guys enjoy this little relaxed episode of Crew 3 Podcast. Welcome to Crew 3, or as this week we're going to call it Crew 2. Crudos. As it's down to me and Chris. Uh, we're going to be a little more relaxed this week. Uh, we're taking a look at, is Mono Black the best deck in the format? Uh, how are you going to combat it? Uh, we're also going to look at a couple league deck lists, and then we're going to go over uh, just some cards you could probably be playing. Of course, it's going to tie in a lot with our Mono Black discussion. And no hot takes. We're going to maybe talk about something else this week instead. So let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, Chris. It's just you and me this week, so we're going to change it up. I'm not going to leave that as a sort of cold open intro. We're just going to sort of go with the... Uh, the regular intro here, I think, this week. So it's just you and me. Again, welcome, listeners. We're down, Ricky. Uh, we were trying to record a full episode for you guys, but he had some unfortunate computer issues, and we're hoping to be back to full staff here next week. Hey. Uh, so, again, just me and Chris. So, Chris, I know you got to play a lot of Pioneer this week. I, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to. So I'll just leave the floor to you, man. Tell us what happened. Yeah, this week, um, also played Phoenix. Really was not hoping to just uh, bore you guys with another Phoenix uh, speech, but I had some interesting situations come up. We'll talk about. I actually I'll wanted tell to play you what, some. You guys, you guys got saved a little bit. There was uh, there was a lot of Phoenix discussion. There was about like ten minutes of Chris and Ricky going back and forth about how great Royal <laughs> before was. before the. Uh, I'm just saving you all before was, Ricky's uh, computer gate. My uncle works at Microsoft, and another uncle works at Nintendo. Mm -hmm. We got that taken care of for you. Okay, guys, so okay, gotcha, gotcha. You got us banned, huh? Yeah. Um, I wanted to play in Seoul, actually. I was talking to Ruckman, actually, about how much I, I really wanted to play in Seoul. And somebody... Yeah. Now, you... You you were you're sort of on that blue red and soul, but we've also talked a lot about the blue green and soul lists. Yeah, that's actually one of the lists um, I kind of want to bring up later. Actually, even yeah, we'll, we'll of... definitely get into that, and that's uh, one of the reasons why you convinced me to buy into Oko's. That I did, I did. Uh, that I uh, begrudgingly that. bought into, mm -hmm. uh, but Chris did assure me these will be hundred dollar cards in the end of the year. 
Uh, so if he is not correct, I'm getting a box of War of the Spark. I believe that's what we agreed to. Signed uh, in of blood. Of course, what I don't realize is that, of course, as is a running joke, I will be paying for this box of War for the Spark. As any time any sort of bet comes up with us, uh, Chris wagers me buying a box of War for the Spark on it. Right, yeah. Instead of me being the one who makes the wager, I always wager on behalf of Ruckman. But I know he'll never lose, so. Usually never a bet I want to make. Usually Look, never. Of course, of course, the one time we did this, it was Ricky... Just out of nowhere, calling uh, uncommon planeswalkers, which is why we call him the King of Hot Takes. Yeah, even though he's on that, he's on a losing streak. I don't know if we've gone over this before, but there's definitely a period of time where we thought that Ricky had Mark Rose, Mark Rosewater's newts because the he guy was just a lot of inside. Track. The guy was just calling everything that was happening. That's why he's our he's our little inside wizard uh, because the dude just uh, just knew uncommon planeswalkers were going to happen like a year before they even happened. Don't get me wrong. I, I definitely agreed with him on the idea of um, the sort of enchantment style of the the War of the Spark Planeswalker. Sure, I think that's sure. definitely an interesting direction to go in. Uh, but I thought that uncommon was a little too much. Right, right. As we can see, there are, there are some very powerful uncommon Planeswalkers. Well, they had not Jock announced a set that was going to be Planeswalker-focused when he called this. No, they, they had not. And then as soon as they announced a Planeswalker slot in the pack... I quickly renegotiated that deal and just bought him a place a draft set of War of the Spark instead. There we go. Good nego- sort of expert negotiations. Expert negotiation. As soon as that slot was announced, I was like, "Holy! There God, has to be uncommon planeswalkers." Yeah, of course, yeah, right? Yeah, like, there's yeah. only unless they're just going to give us double errors in every pack. Hey, hashtag please, I mean, Yeah, hashtag please. All right, so anyway, we need real enough there. Let's talk about your blue red, your uh, your blue red obsessions here. Yeah, yeah. Again, wanted to play in Soul. Somebody wanted to borrow my Muta Vaults, so we ended up back on Phoenix to another three and one record. Um, a pretty successful time. I actually lost in the last round to uh, uh, Soul Tie Good Cards, um, which was pretty strong. But I didn't really get to play Magic, unfortunately, that game. Um, I am very set on nineteen lands being correct, and in my game one. I kept a hand that was uh, four lands, and then my opponent thought seized my only action, and we just dirtled until we died. So uh, okay. not a good game one. And then game two, kind of more of the same. I think I kept an average hand and just didn't find anything in the ice ever, which would have gotten my opponent. I found a phoenix or two, and those got, uh, I believe, got exiled with a Kalidus, as I've been told it's think- pronounced. Do you think you could have won Mulligan better? Yes, definitely in game one, especially, like, I probably should have Mulliganed no matter what in game one, but especially going up against a Thoughtseize, like, going against a Thoughtseize that was just not even a hand, like, just not even a magic hand, like, yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know there, so I got 2 out in round four, and that was my only loss, but again, opponent was a super nice guy, definitely deserved the win, he had, he had some great cards he was playing. Um, round three, I won was against my favorite opponent because during this round, people tried to critique my play several times. Uh, my opponent was on green black field, and both times my opponent properly called the fact uh, that I was not, in fact, wrong or called what I was doing. Uh, the first one was somebody said that I couldn't counter a abrupt decay. And while you cannot successfully counter an abrupt decay, you can cast counter spells at it to get counters off your thing in the ice. And while that play is definitely too cute most of the time, because you want to be discarding spells that aren't particularly uh, worthwhile or not getting your max value to your looting spells, in this case it had kind of been a while, my opponent had a million lands, it was never going to get value, and I really wanted to flip my thing in the ice as soon as possible to just be my avenue of victory. So I don't know if it was the right play, but I did cast it at an Abrupt Decay just to get counters off my thing in the ice. He was actually abrupting my Royal Scions. And just a soapbox moment, guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, even though it is like an FNM type of like casual situation, please like don't interrupt matches with sort of 
chatter like that. I mean, even if you don't think, you could be giving away information that the opponents might not know about. Um, so, and it's just out of respect for everyone. If you guys yeah. have an idea of lines, uh, you know, bring that up with the players afterwards. I mean, that's always great. But at time of, just let people play Magic, unless it is sort of like a very casual side game. If it's part of an event, especially, uh, just don't interrupt people, please. Yeah, yeah. This was this was the you know twenty seven. We're consistently getting twenty two plus at our at our just our random weekly tournaments, and even more at the FNMs. This tournament's a special tournament on Sunday because they weren't sure if it was going to fire, so they didn't want to give FNM to Pioneer. And ever since sure. it's been getting twenty two plus every single weekend, uh, they've actually moved it to Pioneer FNMs instead of Standard. Um, and it's really they went from not firing FNMs to twenty people plus, which is pretty sweet. With the so. uh, the standard bands that they talked about trying to maybe switch back, or are they just going to stick with Pioneer? Um, actually, I, I brought that up to them, um, and they so far, you know, with that many people on Pioneer, unfortunately, I don't, I don't think they're going to go uh, go the other way. But um, real quick, finishing up that round, uh, the other thing, and that guy just thought that I was doing something illegal. And so I didn't mind so much him piping up. He just happened to be wrong. And props to my opponent for calling out, like, no, he just wants the counters off his thing in the ice. I didn't tell him that's what I was doing. He just knew because he was a cool, he was a bro. So the other one was somebody commenting that I should have uh, used Sahili to copy um, Arclight Phoenix, the tokens that uh, get made from Sahili. And unfortunately, my mm. Arclight Phoenix has come back during the beginning of combat step. So you can't actually activate yeah. Planeswalkers during that time. So that was another one. So I got that round uh, against Green Black Field. Uh, by game three, just getting back three phoenixes on, like, turn five, I want to say. And every time he would kill them, uh, didn't have any exile effects. They just came back and made pretty quick work of him. So. But props to that guy. Definitely my favorite guy to play. He was pretty cool. Uh, round two, I played against Soul Flayer, and that okay, was and close. We, yeah, we talked about Soul Flayer a little bit. And yeah. I think definitely last week. I don't know if we talked about week one. Uh, but one of the weeks we brought it up. About. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we def- I think it was last week we talked a lot about it. Yeah. Not me not a lot. We definitely, it was up in conversation. Another super cool opponent, um, I got him, I, I was definitely three games, because definitely in game two, he just got a massive double-striking flank, uh, a double-striking, life-linking, indestructible soul flare and made pretty quick work of me. But he does not have hexproof in his deck. And me and a guy okay. later when we were talking to this guy, because he's a, a super nice uh, young man, we were like, well, what do you have to give hexproof? And he was like, well, nothing. And I brought up Night Veil Predator. He's like, well, I can't actually cast that card, and I can cast all the other creatures in my deck except for Zatalpa. It don't matter. Yeah, but but in this case, we were like, well, just do Sylvan Sylvan Keratin, you know? Typically, it's not like you're exiling five creatures on your thing, and that can help you ramp. So I know two mana is kind of where he wants to be casting his Grizzly Salvages and Commute with Natures, but hopefully uh, he's going to put some of those in his deck, and next time I'll have no chance against him because I definitely flipped Thing in the Ice uh, to get him. And then also I had Blink of an Eye. So thing in the ice just gets in no matter what, but you don't always draw thing in the ice as I have learned many a time. So blink. How many how many blink of the eye have you been playing? I've been playing two, but mostly in the sideboard. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And um, are you are you usually uh, kicking it or just mostly just the uh, just straight cost? Yeah. Typically, I'm not kicking it, but uh, I'm playing some fun cards just to not be the guy who's going super hard in the casual tournament. So I'm playing a couple curious homunculus. Uh, I think I've only got one in the main deck right now, but it's a card that taps for colorless to cast your instant or sorceries, or when it flips, it's a flip card. It becomes a 3-4 with prowess that makes your instant and sorceries cost one less. Mm-hmm. So I did actually kick it when I had a flipped one of those against him, um, and that's actually because I don't have Brazen Borrowers. If I had Brazen Borrowers, I would definitely be playing that card. That yeah. card I'm absolutely in love with, and I think it deserves a spot in the main deck. I'm not a super big fan of Crackling Drake. It's fine, but it's kind of big and clunky, so... 
Just my quick opinion on that, but yeah, round two, one over Soul Flare. Round one, I played against Merfolk, and it was unfortunately a guy who was not very happy playing Pioneer. Um, he, uh, I, I think he kept playing. I hope he kept playing, but he didn't know what Arclight Phoenix did. So in game two, oh, I, I forgot about this guy. You yeah, told this guy I told I told everybody oh. this because as it happened, because he he was very very upset, and he was upset game one because he drew too many lands, which was unfortunate. But I had a flipped thing in the ice in game two. I got back three Phoenixes. On I think turn four because I, I definitely get my phoenixes back a little faster playing one mana mm-hmm. cantrips and a fiery temper. So when I kind of just went to combat and got all my guys back, he was like, "What?" And he quickly scooped up his cards and left and was was pretty disgusted yeah. by by that. So I felt kind of bad. I didn't want to make a feel bad moment there, but yeah, that's round one was kind of uh, interesting to say the least. So let's take a quick sec, another mm-hmm. little uh, Ruckman player etiquette moment. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, we all have some rough times here. We all get we all get upset and get mad. Yeah. Uh, but if you if you're cool headed guys after a while, go back and apologize to your opponent, please. You know you don't have to. Obviously, I mean I've done it. I mean we've all gotten mad before. But you know if if I do something that I definitely feel like uh, was uncalled for, and I think back on it, I definitely try and make the the case, or I try and make the effort to sort of track my opponent down and apologize about that sort of issue. You know maybe it's not for everyone. I understand, but I just think that if you guys uh, sort of have outbursts. And maybe you guys want to go back and you feel bad about it. Just go ahead and apologize to your opponent. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's all, it's all a game for fun. Yeah. I, I don't feel like this case is necessarily that important. I've played enough magic cards where I know people get like that. I, I intentionally try not to. I definitely am a little cold. I am not a big handshaker. Um, but I try and be, I try and talk to people and be super nice, even when I lose. But definitely, like, when I lose a game, I just kind of scoop up my cards and go on. I, Mostly because I'm thinking I about will what say, I, I always, better. I always feel bad whenever I play Magic, at least uh, in sort of more realer events. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I'm definitely out of the runnings for prizes and stuff like that, I definitely loosen up a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do get some RBF while I'm playing the Magic card, especially Control decks. Sure. I just, I've been asked uh, plenty of time, hey man... Are you okay? Because I just look like I am never having a fun time. Yeah, yeah. Playing serious magic. Yeah, yeah. I under I understand that part of it. Yeah, I definitely get pretty pretty intense when I play. But I mean, like I said, it happens to everyone. But guys, if you think back about it, just go apologize to your opponent. Yeah, that would have been cool because in this case, like my opponent didn't necessarily offend me at all by saying anything, and he was not rude to me at all. Just that yeah. the, the he was very com- like he was complaining a lot about the format, and I kind of felt bad that like. I didn't want to be a part of this guy's bad time. I'm just here to have yeah. have fun and, and play my cards. So sure. definitely interesting. I'm not, but... I'm not. I'm not trying to turn this whole episode into just uh, etiquette lessons. No, I think I these hear are you. some good things. That, I think these are some good things to talk about. I think yeah, yeah. pioneers a format that's kind of maybe even bringing people in back into the game. Yeah, maybe so. Right? Um, like... You know, it's been a while, mm-hmm. and definitely I think that situation even could be someone who hasn't played in a while. Maybe and you know they just missed the last couple of standard fronts. They don't know what Arclight Phoenix does, mm-hmm. and you know, unfortunately. Uh, it went badly for him. He just unfortunately reacted kills him. the right. Yeah, unfortunately, it, he kills him. He maybe reacted the wrong way to it. And again, I'm not trying to harp on this guy. Uh, I'm just sort of just trying to use this as an example for just people. Just you know, it happens. Don't try and take it personally if even if it's happened to you. You know, people are just having a bad day. You don't know what's going on in everyone's life. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes just end up being the hill people want to die on, and that's not a great feeling either. But you know, I just try to be understanding. Whatever side you guys are on in this situation. For sure, for sure. So um, that was my tournament. I did end up going three one, and I got a uh, a nice little prize pack out of that. And then in my prize pack, we got an Arclight Phoenix. See, it's meant to be. You're it was meant to be. Forever. It was meant to be. But definitely the last time I'm going to be playing. Uh, last time I'm going to be playing Arclight Phoenix, at least for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to switch to something else. Sure. And uh, I mean, I'm still trying 
oh play blue white control. Yeah. Uh, you know, apparently it's very hard to find magic stores on the north side of the greater Houston area. Yeah, fourth largest city in the United run... States of America, but yeah, uh, you know, I don't want to name any names about uh, certain chain locations that have multiple in several uh, different Texas cities. Right, right. Uh, but you know, I've had some issues there. He's not even just Pioneer. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna be. I'm not super upset about today. You know, we're recording on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, I understand you guys want to have your special events and you want to close early. That's no big deal. And I found out they did make a post on their their Facebook page about closing early. Okay, gotcha. But guys, take down your events. Right. Just, I would. I went yeah. to the store. And again, I'm not going to get mad at it. People want to celebrate Thanksgiving, whatever, that's fine. But, guys, if you're going to do that, take down your events. Another story I talked about a couple, like, last week, I think I said, where I showed up to a Pioneer thinking think I was going to play a Pioneer event. And they were just like, well, it's kind of what people want to play. So, if you got standard, you can play standard. So, we're going to we're gonna apply our standard here instead. Kind of let people play whatever. And, of course, I went there because event locator said this was... This is a Pioneer event. This is Pioneer night, yeah. Uh, luckily, I do have a friend... Uh, a little bit away from me, who's sort of giving me hints on two good locations to go try and play at. So hopefully here, uh, not next week or the week after, because I will be on a trip to Disney World, hey. uh, which I'm super excited for. Baller. But uh, coming up here soon, my not- Monday evening class for grad school will be over, so I can hopefully try and start making these Monday night events, or even the chance to... They also have Sunday events, usually I'm pretty free Sunday evening, so I'm going to try make a little further a drive than I normally be comfortable with. But again, a friend knows these stores. Known him for a while now. Actually, we lost touch when I went off to college. So it's great. Good to see him playing Magic again. I think he's gotten a lot more judging now. Uh, so he's sort of recommend these stores. So I'm going to go check these out. Hopefully, I get more play time in so I can be part of this part of the conversation with you guys. You know, not that I'm not playing Pioneer. You know, I'm getting some pickup games here and there. But it's not. I'm not sort of in the in the grind of this sure, one right now. Sure, sure. You're not, you're not casting those Curious Homunculi. No, I'm not casting Curious Homunculi. Casting is always charming. And I did uh, tweet out my deck list, and it's up on Instagram. Again, I forgot to put this on when we started recording this episode that I remembered to mention at the start, that I remembered to mention at the start of the now lost episode. And that is, we are, again, everyone, we are up on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, Google Podcasts, whatever you want to call it. So if you are subscribed to our RSS feed, go subscribe to us on your preferred platform there. And of course, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Crew3Podcast. Only like two couple posts out there so far, but I know Chris and Ricky are going to be link are going to be tweeting at us their deck list they like to talk about. Maybe even some of the stuff they've been playing. I will make an effort to tweet out Instagram out decks I've been playing. Maybe some decks I look at and sort of get some extra sort of social media content out there for you guys. Take social media from there. Anything else, Chris? And your your Pioneer events? Just playing some Phoenix there. Yeah, playing some Phoenix. Um, I think this upcoming week I'm either going to go back to the Insult deck. Or, or as part of our Wish Claw Watch 2019, I'm actually thinking about playing some uh, Jund Possibility Storm. Okay, I'm gonna reprimand you like I did last time. Mm-hmm. Wish Claw Watch. We gotta wait for that, buddy. Okay, Wish Claw Watch later in the episode. We, we don't right, have to jump sounds the gun good. On that. Sounds good. We'll go that later. So that's what we're doing. Less, but again, happy with my play this week. Happy with my performance. Um, again, I didn't have to do a ton, a ton of thinking. But one thing I did learn is that. And one thing I do that I saw, like, what I've been having the most success with Phoenix at this local event that I go to. And one of the reasons for that is if you guys are out there playing Phoenix, 
uh, save your early spells. A lot of people just want to opt on turn one because it's a one mana spell and that's what you're supposed to do. But really, like especially if you're not playing a lot of one mana cantrips, save those ops for like when you have Thing in the Ices out or when you have Phoenixes in the yard. Definitely, like if you don't have lands or something, you kept a one or two lander and you need to search for lands, cast them. You definitely want to find your lands. But I see a lot of people just casting spells willy-nilly, and you really do want in this deck save your spells because they get you your creatures back. They're kind of what drives your deck. So like they are great, but saving to cast them a lot of times is much better than just casting them out for no reason. All right, great. Uh, yeah, like I said, I just haven't really had the chance to go out there and play. I could talk to you guys about my decisions with uh, blue-white control, uh, but I think that'll be better suited when we switch over here to talking about our PTQ results. Uh, mm-hmm. Because again, I think we mentioned it briefly last week, talking about how they were holding off on no bans this week. Right. Is this? I think it's every day this week. Maybe not tomorrow on Thanksgiving, but I know every other day this week there is a Pioneer PTQ on MTGO. Uh, we have results from two of these, the one from Monday and Tuesday. And wow, these have been overwhelmingly taken over by Mono Black. Uh, something we definitely touched on a lot yesterday. I know you and Ricky, it was a bit last week, I know you and Ricky have been saying that Mono Green is still probably the best in the format. Uh, maybe, maybe it just took an off week this week, but it definitely looks like Mono Black is king of the castle. Yeah, definitely. I think that last week we, we still saw a lot more Mono Green and didn't really see the full presence of Mono Black. And to be fair, if I had... I think if I had played against more against Mono Black, I would kind of see see the power level of it. Uh, but I still do see some more Mono Green out there uh, in, in our local play, probably because people didn't want to shift away from it. But without a doubt, Mono Black seems to be the best deck out there right now. Um, so its threats is... are so hard to kill. Yeah, I mean, well... See, I thought the decks were running more gutter moans, and maybe the earlier versions were. Uh, I mean, it has two very highly recursive threats here, right? Mm-hmm. In Bloodsoaked Champion and Scrap Heap Scrounger, which definitely help it keep it powering through. It's got Smuggler's Copters, can be just crewed by anything the turn you play it. And I will say this because Ricky isn't here. It's playing for Night Market Lookout. Please stop doing that. <laughs> I know we briefly talked about maybe playing Dread Wanderer or Gutterbones as alternatives. I honestly think Night Market Lookout's fine. It does just consistently crew that car, that copter, mm-hmm. and it does help you get in and trigger them. And you know, does Night Market Lookout loss. trigger the life loss when it becomes tapped or only when it attacks? It's when it taps. It's when it taps. It is when it taps. Okay, gotcha. Okay, they're, so, they're getting you know, cheeky there then. Yeah, I definitely think you know maybe you could be playing some more recursive threats over it. Or even a card like Pain Seer, like we talked about last week, to sort of start drawing some more cards. But you're already drawing what uh, Ricky would say is the strength of this deck, is the mana base between Mutavaults and Castle Lockthwain. Right. And just sort of just continuously drawing you cards. Brought up talking about how people were talking about playing, what is it, Underrealm Connections? Underworld and... Connections, yeah. When the deck was first coming out, people were doing that, maybe the, up, that, uh, up that devotion count. Uh, but yeah. again, uh, Gary... Grey Merchant of Asphodel has kind Grey of... Grey Merchant of Asphodel and Nykthos. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of fallen out of favor in black. Yeah, I mean, I think this aggro deck put on a lot, of, a lot of early pressure, I think, that some of the decks aren't expecting, and then you have some big payoff cards in, like, Rankle Master of Pranks. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of disruption here for the early game. People get Rankled. Yep, Rankle is a very good card. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the strength of this mono-black deck. I mean, they're all, they're all pretty similar, right? I mean, some of these decks are playing... Uh, like, Fourth Bridge Prowler is, like, a one-of to get those elves. Spawn of Mayhem starting to become a card these decks are playing. Uh, not all of them, but some of them. This fifth-place list from the PTQ on Monday is playing two of Aether Seer Harvester, which I believe is a card Ricky was talking about probably playing. 
in this deck list. I believe you mentioned that last week okay. that he thought people should be playing hmm. Aves for Harvester oh, at least in the seventy five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was in the main, but I know it's at least in the seventy five. So these decks are also going into playing Cletus or Cletus, however you want to say it. You mm-hmm. know, you go down to buy, you go see Cletus. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much these mono black decks, and of course another card that puts these decks in a very good position are some of them have started playing Virulent Plague in their sideboards to help beat out right. the Field of the Dead decks, mm-hmm. which were we sort of placed to be another key pillar of this format, and that's sort of pushing them out, I guess, for the most part, right? I mean, we are seeing in, uh, was it second or third place here from the one that was posted today? Yeah. Uh, we are seeing the deck that I've been championing a lot lately in the uh, mono-green style ramp, not the Devotion Strategy running Nissa. Uh, but the Arboreal Graves, Elvish Rejuvenator, Hour of Promise, This is Pilgrimage, into just big Ugins, big Ulamogs, and World Breakers now. You know, those, and then you're seeing, uh, so what is it, Bantfield, I think, is the other field deck of the format, really. Mm-hmm. Some goal strategies here. Other decks we're seeing popular in these top eights. More aggro-based mono-green. Yeah, I think turn two, the... turn two, turn two Questing Beast, uh, turn two uh, Steel Leaf Champion. Uh, again, kind Splashing, of a litmus test from the, for, yeah, from the format. Splashing some blue here for Oko. And, and Stubborn Denial. Stop. Stubborn I think that's a very good pickup yeah. card. Definitely, I think, a deck that... Uh, the Insult decks are kind of switching between that and that Allergic Rebuke, I think, are the two mm-hmm. options for that deck to play. All right, where, where do you stand on that as someone who's looking at playing Insult? Yeah, I, I, kind of between the two. I, I think that I like Stubborn Denial more in that particular list because uh, you you know your whole objective of the deck is to make a 5-5 that is either evasive or indestructible or whatever. So I think I'm a big fan of Stubborn Denial. Even at just you know one mana, I think, is where you want to be on these kind of spells. And then just... Even as a you know force spike, I think it is it is totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. And then again, the ferocious obviously is just a huge upside. So mostly, I think in this kind of deck, you don't care as much about what your opponent is casting creature wise because your creatures are better. It gets the field of it gets the uh, sorry hour of promises. It gets the um, removal spells. It gets the okos or whatever planeswalkers your opponents could be yeah. casting. So I think uh, that's a I, good enough. Even if, job even if you have an off turn. It can even hit a turn zero once upon a time if you're on the play. Right, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's what you really want to be doing, you definitely can do that. I mean, you definitely don't, guys. Play your, play your elf, play your goose. Right. Get, goose on, get on the board ahead. Goose them. Yeah, goose them. Uh, we're also seeing some uh, some Nexus Reclamation decks here. I yeah, think the reason to invest in your Wild Slashes. Yeah, Wild Slashes. Uh, I think Supreme Will is a very good card for that deck. I like Supreme Will just in general. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a card you could probably make an argument for seeing more of in this format. Yeah, just maybe not a ton more, but just maybe a little bit more. There's a couple cards that I think we should be seeing a little bit more of, but again, obviously, the formats are going to streamline it as they are to do. Yeah. Now, I mean, we're, we're talking about how big of a threat uh, these mono-black decks are. Do you think you do something about them? Is there something you maybe... I don't think we got into this in our uh, lost discussion here. Is there something you maybe ban out of these deck lists, and what would that be? Yeah, that's a great question. Um... Because it's like, because like, what do you what do you ban? They have so many recursive threats. It's like, do you just want to take out one of them? Um, it's one of the decks that's playing again for um, Smuggler's Copter, and so I think some people kind of want to target that. <laughs> uh, some people want to target the um, Smuggler's Copter, but it's just a card that I think is really only started to super be oppressive once the uh, black decks kind of came out. So. There's talk of that, but again, I'm not sure that's the right answer. Some talk of Thoughtseize that I've definitely heard, uh, because again, Thoughtseize, if even not in the mono black deck, is just everywhere, but it, it does make a little bit of sense. It is just like a very, very powerful card. I've definitely heard some streamers talking about how in a perfect format, you don't need that. 
because whatever your opponents are doing should be something you can either have an answer to or you know be able to play with anyway. So uh, maybe that's the answer, but I don't know that it stops the power of this deck. I think Thoughtseize is just one of like just like Smuggler's Copter. It's a powerful, powerful card that because you're yeah. in these colors or in in Smuggler's Copter's case because you're aggro that you just want to be playing anyway. If if that Thoughtseize is a four of duress, is there much difference? Right, I, and I think that's an, an interesting point. It's like I'm not even sure the deck plays duress, and I'm not sure that you've significantly lowered the power level of the deck. But it's just kind of the same thing where it's like if you ban Scrap Heap Scrounger, what did you do? You know, it's like yeah. maybe you did enough, but it's like maybe just taking one of the threats away is enough. I don't know. I'm just not sure that it is. So again, it's kind of like that mono green where it's like it may take if you don't want to see. Mono Black is five of your top eight. Maybe you have to ban multiple of those recursive threats. And, and, you know, I mean, definitely I can see if you'll make an argument for Smuggler's Copter. I just think Smuggler's Copter, clearly it's not too powerful, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is, it wasn't, I mean, it was definitely played, but there were definitely multiple strategies that played it. Yeah, um, I mean, which... clearly it was a tough spot, because, like, if you're playing a low-to-the-ground aggro deck, like, you pretty much have to have the card, so maybe that makes it unhealthy the format. I don't know. That's not an area where I claim to be an expert, so... I mean, that's what got abandoned in the first place. In the right, form, exactly. Right? Every deck was every deck. Every deck plays for Smuggler's mm-hmm. Copter. Yeah, and in this format, not every deck is playing it, but certainly most of the aggro decks are. I guess what there's some maybe some blue decks that aren't. I guess, but don't yeah, know. I mean, it's if you're playing anything, the I mean, soul decks are playing it. You know, anything that's sort of playing their gush style strategy, you start with Force Smuggler's Copter, which you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe I'm just trying to be too free of this format because I just don't think Smuggler's Copter is like that game breaking but again sure. i don't have a lot of whole lot of play experience i mean i play a lot of smuggler's cops around it uh in that brief window yeah. when it was standard legal right those uh those couple weeks or whatever it was yeah I don't even know. but maybe it's too late to tell but definitely uh you know i think a lot of people if we're we saw a lot of winding out of the sales of devotion mm-hmm. uh, i would expect the same thing to happen this deck now yeah, it's based on how powerful it's, it's, that was and how, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's it a lot of the format. It definitely feels like they're going to do something it, about it. And may, maybe this is just because, you know, it won the Invitational the week before, and it was kind of already gaining some steam, right? Sure. In the lead-up to it, and it's sort of just the floodgates burst open, and it's people just sort of saw this and singled in on this potentially being the best deck of the format. Yeah, it could, could very well be, but again, it's putting up the kind of results, at least it seems to me, that the... Uh, mono green deck was so it definitely feels like it's going to get some kind of answer at least for now again and and we were talking about this on kind of our our lost episode there are definitely our answers to this deck but again i was pointing out that quite a few of them are in black anyway like cletus is a great answer right a legion's end is a pretty solid answer there's a lot of surprisingly like good black removal spells that exile but white's got some good answers too right i mean white's kind of known more for exiling that's that's what i said in the last episode is that uh maybe white is the savior of this format i mean you have Declaration Stone, Settle the Wreckage, mm-hmm. uh, Rest in Peace. Declaration of uh, Stone, you, yeah, one that a lot of people forget about. If you want to splash a color, uh, you have Detention Sphere is a very good option, very powerful option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that deck, if they don't thought season, they can't. Mono Black is not going to answer that card. Sure. Um, and of course, you really wanted the uh, the real Hail Mary pick. Uh, we did stumble upon Isolate. Yes. As yeah. isolate as an option, yeah. a yeah. one mana white instant from M nineteen, exile target permanent with converted mana cost one. It's not gonna hit their copters, but you'll definitely be able to snag their blood soaked champion, their Knight of the Ebon Legion, their Night, their night market, market lookouts. Lookout. Yeah, their night market lookouts. Gotta get that one. And again, some of those copter, they can't buy that back, so we're gonna look at some fragmatizes, sort of maybe people just need to start upping their artifact removal in the format. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that's not wrong, because I think there are some also good enchants to be playing. So I think those cards are something to be looking at. Uh, I know Ricky wanted to talk about, again, going back to that mono green deck I like a lot. He mentioned Perilous Vault is a card these decks should probably be playing more of. Oh, yeah. I th I think Perilous Vault is probably, I think, a one or two of. I think he was pushing for, like, three. Because I think Ugin, you have Ugin already. I mean, Ugin's not going to hit Copter, but it is just going to erase their entire board. Right, and it's got more and... upsides, right? You can plus one it to kill. You can't really kill a Copter with it, but I don't know. Maybe you could crew it for him. <laughs> and I mean, well, the thing is with Ugin is he's not just... he When he gets... He wipes the board. Their their threats are at one and two. I mean, they're sure there's like a couple... There's Reichel and maybe Spot of Mayhem at four, right? Doesn't take a lot but of loyalty to... to no, get he's to only going to yeah. go down to five... Mm -hmm. Like at the lowest, just wipe their entire board away. Not not dead to a looter scooter is what you're saying after that. Exactly. Yeah, that's a a good point to make. Yeah, I definitely I I thought that it was interesting that a lot of answers. But I mean, Ricky brought it up where it's like Ricky's like, you know what my answer to this format is? Get good. And and normally I am not on on that bandwagon. On that, I I agree with you there. Yeah. But in this case, I I definitely see what he's saying. Ricky's just always a fan of not banning things. Um, he definitely has the most competitive experience between all of us. So I definitely respect uh you know what Ricky says. The guy exact does definitely know what he's talking about. Um, and in this case, like I said, I, I actually somewhat tend to agree with him. I think there's enough answers to exile things that maybe the answer is, no, let's let this play out for a little longer. I'm just not sure that's going to be the case. I think in Mono's Green's case, like, it was hard to answer Green Leyline um, because no, they I, got, I, up, I they got out yeah. so early, you know? But here, sure. like, their things are two twos and two ones. They're not killing you on turn three with Anissa that you can't do anything about. Like, they definitely, you've got some turns to cast your Settle the Wreckages or, or your whatever else is and just get your removal spell, exile their graveyard, whatever you want to do you can also interact with their graveyard to get rid of their stuff so i saw some field decks playing scavenging grounds is maybe an answer so yeah i mean definitely i mean hopefully uh honestly you know i if if watsy definitely feels like mono black uh has to have something banned out of it uh then so be it who are we to be able to try and stop them mm -hmm. uh but i would like to have this as a barometer test to see can the format adjust yeah, 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 and I don't know, maybe it is being biased to think that um, we should just let this when I was, you know, definitely wanting things to get banned in, in mono black, or sorry, in mono green, but again, I, I am with Ricky on this one, I, I think maybe we give it a little chance to see, see what people can do, you know, a thing in the ice is another great answer to just the cards coming back from the graveyard, so. No, I definitely think, yeah, I think this is a good barometer test, a litmus test, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, just can the form adjust without us needing a ban? I agree. Uh, I think it's worth. Yeah. I think it's worth giving it at least a couple weeks and just see if anybody has any answers. For sure. And I mean, who knows? Maybe even. I mean, there's a PTQ going on right now that has been posted. It'll get posted. I don't think tomorrow because of obviously of the holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's going to be a few more PTQs left this weekend. You know, we could even see a lot of adjustments happen. Within this week, right? Yeah, I guess if we're going to see them, I mean, they're probably going to happen pretty soon. Magic Online tends to tends to be like that, so. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about, if you want to, you still want to look at a couple deck lists that we talked about real fast? Yeah, let's, let's look at a couple a couple of those. we still got plenty of time here, so. Cool. All right, so I'll let you go first. I know you want to talk about your best friend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my best friend. Misspoke and called Caleb my great friend when I meant to say great man. Great man, uh, Caleb Durward here, uh, shill, five zero with shill, uh, shill, 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 shill. <laughs> uh, we're just letting you guys know that this is not uh, sponsored by Caleb Durward String, but uh, as Ruckman says, it could be, it could be. At us, we we accept payment in Applebee's gift cards. So he's got a five zero list that we will tweet out and hopefully get the main account to retweet 
that was a green black field deck and mostly it's it's a you know somewhat standard field deck he definitely runs like in the scavenger grounds which i do like he didn't like it he was not didn't think it was doing a whole lot but if phoenix gets popular if mono black gets super popular and ends up being a ton of the metagame maybe that's uh, what we're gonna do but he's uh, running to kenrith the returned king which the relevant text on that card is a five mana five five is for one red all creatures gain trample and haste so with field of the dead we're trying to make a bunch of zombies he's playing four and a lot of the lists have decided to run two so he's running the full four in this, and I watched him play it on stream, and it was definitely a pretty nifty way where, you know, he would, uh, Hour of Promise for, like, the last two Field of the Deads, make, like, freaking eight to ten, to twelve to fifteen, whatever many zombies that he could make, and then give them all haste because he had a ton of mana. He likes playing Golos, a lot of people don't, I'm not really sure, it was hard to get an idea from only watching him play uh, a few matches, how good the Golos was, but a lot of times it was mirror-breaking, uh, the Kenrith was. And one of the ways he found the Kenrith was through his Golos. So he is running ways to get all five colors here. I just did really like his gameplay. I thought he had a lot of cool stuff. And it's one that you can go watch him play um, via his VOD. So something that not only can you just hear us talk about and not really necessarily get a full scope, you can watch this guy play it and see what he did. So just thought it was pretty cool. A nice little fun version version of the deck that he managed to five level with. So. Yeah, again, uh, let me jump in on the shilling here. So, yeah, definitely Caleb is one of the, I would say, big streamers of the format. I, I know a lot of people are sort of dipping in and out of the format. What they stream, Caleb, definitely has been streaming a lot. Mm -hmm. Probably one of the best really... looking, smartest, would you say? Yes, and most generous. Most generous. <laughs> uh, but again, I mean, it just clearly shows what, I don't know, he's been, how much he's been playing or yeah. how his strength in this format is because he has three deck lists in this yeah. posting yeah the guy has three five o's in this in this posting of the list yeah pretty crazy yeah all right uh my next my pick oh geez where'd it go oh here it is i was looking at bertram's red green i'm gonna say little green uh goblin deck here i, I don't know if i've talked about it on the podcast i definitely have been have been talking about playing uh goblin sort of in passing as we've been talking about this format, I think Goblin's a lot of good cards to play. I mean, Foundry Denizen, Legion Loyalist, uh, Goblin Piledriver, Rabble Master, Warchief, well, War Boss. I don't remember that Foundry Street Denizen is a Goblin. It is a Goblin. Wow, that's pretty sweet. It is. It's great. I think those are very good pillars of this sort of deck, building blocks of this deck style. Uh, what he's doing here, though, is he's also playing a straight four of Goblin Ringleader mm -hmm. and four of Skirk Prospector help power out some collected companies Ooh, and to nice. try and hit extra uh sort of round masters war chiefs whatever you want here uh to try and get in there and crash into that red zone um and then what big green does give you is you're looking at some shaper sanctuary and heroic interventions on the sideboard i think those are two very good cards sort of help gas you back up and protect your threats in those heavy removal matchups right mm-hmm and, but I will say, though, two cards I think I would like to see this deck maybe try and play is Atarkas Command and Embercleave. Embercleave, I think, could do a lot of work in a deck like this. Um, you know, if you're swinging with three goblins and four goblins and one of them is a pile driver, uh, he's uh, attacking for, what is that? Uh, one million? Six, seven, fourteen, no, plus one, because okay. Embercleave is a plus one. So he's swinging for sixteen by, you know, with three other, just one ones even, mm -hmm. uh, that you cast Embercleave for two. Uh, maybe you don't run the full four of Embercleave. I could probably see a case for it. Maybe at least run two, maybe three, 
And I think the Tarkus Command is just one of those cards that people could be playing more of in this format. You know, it's one of those just very modal cards that just give you a lot of options of things to do. Mm-hmm. And even if Mono Black I mean, shakes out... Tar- to be fair, a Tarkus Command mostly says your creatures get plus one, plus one, deal three damage to your opponent's face. It does mostly just say your opponent's dead. You are yeah. correct there. <laughs> uh, but again, like Dromokus Command, Salumgar's Command, I think there's a lot of commands and charms. I could be seeing some play here. Maybe without Mono Black, maybe with Mono Black. I don't know. There's a lot of avenues still. You know, we're only barely a month into this format, so there's definitely a lot of experimenting to do here, which is why I'm so excited about this format as mm-hmm. we as we progress in this podcast, right? Yeah. All right, so what's your next deck list? Um, I am going to, and I don't remember that I brought this up the week one or not. I know we definitely talked about some in Soul, but um, the evolution of the uh, blue-green in Soul list and the reason i like this is just oko thief of crowns a lot of pros are talking about as being the best planeswalker ever printed so uh, i i think we brought this up just a minute ago but uh, i definitely was talking to ruckman and convinced him to buy a couple more because i think the card is just going to only skyrocket in price i i i made some some little extra side money and i said hey you know i want to i have a bunch of blue white cards to mess around with play in control so i got a lot of options i could play various of control however long I want to. But I sort of want to buy more into the format, maybe not buy a deck outright, but sort of just start buying some of these key cards. And Chris convinced me to go buy a playset of Oko. Uh, you know, I, I'm i not going to argue with that idea, with that decision, uh, with that sort of uh, suggestion. Clearly I didn't because I did buy the Okos. No regrets. Um, no regrets. Uh, I know Chris, I think you might have bought, bought into a few as well yourself. Yeah, I bought three. Yeah. Okay. I'm not even 100% sure I'm going to play them because I, I don't have... Uh, botanical sanctums and breeding pools are one million dollars, and it's like the only shockland I don't have a place it of. I've been playing this they're, game they're for quite a while. They're on the downswing though right now. I think yeah. they're just starting to go back under twenty. Uh, so buy back into breeding pools now before they shoot back up on you guys. There you go. Good. Uh, I know. I, you know, I'm not trying to keep this podcast on a very financial focus. I, you know, we're, we're it's a new format. You know, we're talking about what a lot we of want. people coming. There's there's a lot. Well. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people coming in and out of this format, right? I think this mm-hmm. format's bringing a lot of people back into it, potentially, like we talked about earlier on. Yeah. Uh, or just sort of people who are, you know, this this format... I, we're seeing some deck list prices go up here, but I don't think I've seen a deck list truly crack $1,000. So I think this is also a good format for standard players to sort of try and jump into a more non-rotating format, whereas, like, modern, you're looking at at least a thousand dollar price tag for a deck right yeah for sure for sure yeah there's been a lot of excitement like i said i haven't i haven't attended a pioneer event with less than 20 people so for sure all right uh, um, is there anything else you want to talk about that blue green deck list yeah i mean a couple a couple of cool cards here again mostly it's the it's the same list here we're skipping um uh, bomat courier because again you're not playing the red and i think that's fine bomat courier is a is a good card and at its best it's really good but a lot of times it's just like meh you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have any kind of evasions. Like it doesn't it doesn't even attack well onto zombies or, or anything like that. So this deck I mean, when you when you don't pop it, it's just ginger brute, right? It is, yeah. It's and it's slightly worse ginger brute. Uh, so this deck instead plays Gilded Goose, which I think is pretty sweet because that gives you a nice little artifact that you can soul up if you want to. Um, this deck does not play. Okay, no, cool. This guy is playing the full. Um, eight options to make five fives, which I think is right. I think you want to be making as many five fives as possible, but I haven't played the deck enough to know. I've definitely seen some players cut some of the skilled animators, which is the creature that does the insole artifact effect. So mm-hmm. I've definitely seen that. And then you get to play uh, four Once Upon a Time, which you do have some misses here um, in some artifacts, some enchantments as a Planeswalkers, but, you know, hey, you get your your sweet creatures and, and go to town. So also playing the full four Stone Coil Serpent, 
which uh, definitely a sweet card. Protection from Abrupt Decay and and Assassin's Trophy is, is definitely really, really nice. Other than mm. that, it is pretty standard, uh, but again, again, it has the Okos and it's got the Gilded Goose, which, again, given how impressed I am with Oko, I think that's, you know, uh, something at least worth looking at. It hasn't had the most success, but I was thinking at least last week that this was going to be the way to go with the deck, and the more I look at it, the more I'm convinced that I actually might be wrong. Um, uh, what's that card? Smasher Smithereens? Is that it? Yes. That is one hell of a card. <laughs> Dealing five damage to anything is very, very strong. Oh, so. no, Shrapnel Blast. Shrapnel Blast, that's what I'm thinking. Shrapnel Blast is very, very, very strong. Dealing five damage, again, super sick. But I think this is a pretty cool way to take it. If your standard deck got banned and you've got a bunch of Once Upon a Time Zodokos sitting around, this is, seems to me like a, a stronger um, power level, maybe, version of the deck. Do, maybe not Do you faster, like but. Once Upon a Time in this deck? That's, again, that's one thing that I thought was a little bit interesting. Um, they 5 would with it. Uh, I haven't, as much as I've seen the green-blue decks around and, and I've tried to highlight them, I haven't paid a ton of attention to how many Once Upon a Times were in the decks. Um, I assume that there, there's still quite a few of the cards just super strong. Definitely mm. at its worst here, probably, right? Like, I don't think I've seen a deck that takes less advantage of Once Upon a Time uh, than this deck, given that you have... You know, almost half your deck or more than half your deck are, are non-hits. You can get you get it other once upon a times all of your lands, yeah, eighteen out of sixty hits basically. Whereas sure. a lot of other decks are playing more. So, uh, but you know, I mean, it's it's free most of the time, and, and you get five looks at you know uh, a creature. Or I mean, no, once upon a time, I think, I think lands it might influence. Hits, so I'm not quite right. Why you're running the four skilled animator as well? I mean, that helps find a five five. Right. Yeah. If you can more reliably find it, I definitely definitely it's probably one of the reasons he, he scaled up. Good good notice there. So. I'm just super impressed with Oko, really, and that's why I like this version of the deck, and I think it's a strong aggro deck. So one of the reasons I wanted to highlight this version, if we haven't already, uh, you know, look at that. Uh, all right, so my last deck here uh, was a deck we talked about briefly last week uh, in Golgari Delirium. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Ricky isn't here, which is, like, the real reason why I wanted to pick this deck list out. Okay. Uh, because uh, Cat, you, and a bunch of numbers... I'm not going to say those, but I'm not going to trigger the number station like Ricky did last time. Sure, which yeah, is probably yeah, yeah. why his computer overheated, to be honest. Exactly right. He yeah, the Cubans got to him. We 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 can't we can't prove it wasn't. We can't prove uh, it wasn't. What what the, what this deck is doing differently from the one we talked about last week is uh, it is running a one of Emrakul the Promised End, which is a card Ricky thought was missing out of last week's yeah, version mm-hmm. of the deck list, and it's Good a card call. I definitely agree with was missing out here. Uh, and again, he's only playing the one of because, like Ricky said, you've got once upon a time you've got traverse the Uber Walls. To go just find that Emrakul, you don't need to play uh, multiple copies. Uh, my cat's weighing in on this too. My cat's very happy yeah. uh, with this option to play uh, Emrakul hey, to promise then. Again, I think this deck is very good. I think it's a very interesting strategy here to be seeing. Uh, I don't think it's running as many uh, artifacts as I would want it to be. I think it's only running three Walking Ballistas. But again, running four Traverse and four, three Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. you do get to see a lot more options here to find those walking ballistas. Yeah, makes sense to me. I just think this is a deck that with Tyler's Track, Tyler's Track or Corsair of Crufix is a very nice combo here to be running. Oh, wow. Man, I have not thought about that combo in a, in a little while. That's uh, definitely some good stuff. You play your lands, you get all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I think Tyler's Tracker is going to be one of those mid-range cards. I think if the mono green decks finally sort of drop out, I think Tyler's Tracker stock goes up a little bit here. I think it's a card... Uh, that is very powerful that we haven't been seeing a lot of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, my green-black plays. field opponent played it, and I thought that was a... It's definitely a pretty cool card. Turning extra yeah. lands, just turning your land drops into to extra cards. It makes a clue every time you play a land, or...? Yes. When a land, oh, it's when a land enters the battlefield. You don't have to play it. 
Oh, cool. So you get two off Fable Passage, is what you're saying. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. And, so double Fable Passage stuff is, is pretty, and pretty sweet. hear me out here. Mm-hmm. Listening. If we put blue in this deck, we can make those clues into el- Elks. Whoa. I'm so ready for artifacts. that. I'm ready for our Elk Overlords. Just another option there. Just, just, just a little thought experiment. Walk little, me on that. little oh, nugget yeah. for you there. A little, little, little nugget for you there. Yeah. But again, this card, this deck's playing some interesting cards on the sideboard here. The two of Questing Beast. One of Carnage Tyrant, playing in Virulent Plague, Kalidus that we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nissa Vastwood Seer is a very interesting include here. But I think this deck is just... Is that the creature, just... Nissa? That is the creature. That is the Flip Nissa. For wow, Warren, Flip so. Nissa. Golly, yeah. Did not think I would see that card in this format. Yeah. We're going to be making some Ashayas. That we are. So again, I think this deck is very interesting. It's very... It's a, it's a deck strategy that I definitely am interested in potentially getting into. Mm-hmm. Depending... Sort of maybe later on in this format, I think. Just... Black Green, The Rock, is one of those decks that's just always kind of going to be around, right? Maybe not be good, but there's going to be some variant of it in every format you're going to yeah. find. It, it, especially in Pioneer, it just has the best removal spells. I mean, it can answer pretty much anything. It can either exile, it can destroy, it can answer any type of permanent, right? It's one of the few things that can actually yeah. do that. Um, he, one he, card... This deck list, this deck list alone yeah. playing Abrupt Decay, uh, Assassin's Trophy could be thrown in here. Yeah, I'm just saying Green Black in general. One, one card I yeah. did forget about that we, I remember when it got spoiled... We were like, "Oh snap!" Is anguished on making. Uh, oh and yeah, when I, yeah. When I saw somebody play that card, I actually thought that it gained them three life at first, and then I oh. realized that it's definitely rough because you definitely lose three life when you cast it, which is definitely you know ain't no ain't no shortage of life. But it does get any permanent, uh, any non land permanent. I want to say, yeah, any non land permanent in black white. It's one a white and a black, so I'm pretty strong for uh, for those colors at the very least. Would you, I mean, if we, if we slowed down these control decks and we added black, would you play English to make it or would you just play Utter End at that point? Oh, what does that one do? Uh, it's essentially the same card, but Utter End is two and then white and black mm-hmm. just to exile a non-land permanent at instant speed. Oh, um, I don't know. I saw somebody playing Vraska's Contempt to, uh-huh. to like, gain some life, um, and it was not very good. You'd rather just, like, play the things that your colors do really well. Like, if you're playing red-black, get your dreadbores out there, you know, get your whatevers, but uh, not sold on four-mana instants that don't murder your entire opponent's board. That's fair. That's fair. All right, uh, so do you want to talk about... I mean, we've already sort of gone over a lot with uh, when we were talking about how to uh, attack these mono-black decks. Mm-hmm. Are there any other cards you want to sort of weigh in on people should maybe be playing this format right now? Yeah, a couple cards I thought that I really uh, saw that I really liked. Um, one was in the uh, in Soul decks. I think if you want to have a little fun, I think uh, splashing a PNLR is totally fun. Um, I think giving being able to fire breathe artifacts, being able to make people not block, uh, pretty powerful effect. I'm not sure that it's an optimal card, but I think it's a pretty fun card for you know you you know you're at your local event. Maybe there's more you know aggro or more creature decks than there would be, or even more field uh, than than there would be otherwise. Not that it's at its best against field, but against some of the random creature decks, being able to make some stuff not block can be can be pretty sweet. Just a card I thought would make most sense in the uh, in soul decks that I saw around. All right, cool. And I, I definitely, I think I kind of blew my load early on when we were talking about how to be mono black. Um, I, I could just sort of harp on cards I think I've been talking about a lot before. Um, I, got a, I got a couple more here cards if you want me to just rattle them off. Yeah, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Go I, for I it. Made, I made a small list from our from our kind of pre, uh, pre-show pre that it was supposed to be the show and was not the show. Where, like, Blood Sun, 
uh, and or Alpine Moon, just being a great answer to field. Like, I don't think people have spent a ton of times on sideboards yet. I remember last week, we got our little minds blown by, uh, who was, uh, who has been doing well with Monogreen recently? Oh, jeez. Uh, that's asking a lot of me to remember. Sorry, he's played a lot of Monogreen. And Todd? Oh, Todd, Todd, Anderson, Todd Anderson, yeah. Todd Anderson, yeah. Super, super cool guy. Watch his stream. At least, again, don't know the guy. Sounds really cool, though. But playing uh, whatever Beetle card, or, or somebody was playing Beetle in their sideboard to stop cards from getting counters. And we're like, sure. oh, snap. So just as the weeks have gone on, we've seen more sideboard tech come in to answer what the field is shaping out to be. And I'm, I've seen some Al- seen a little bit of Bloodstone and Alpine Moon, but but something that uh, we're seeing a little more of, seeing a little more come out. And as far as we haven't seen more of, I mean, the, there seems to be plenty of answers to field here, uh, but not seeing as many as I thought that we would see. And then last one here, um, I've seen some Boros Feather decks running around. Okay, yeah. Uh, really like that. Really like that style of deck. Uh, and I found I found an instant that I wanted to play. There's an instant that gives uh, two creatures plus one plus zero oh, and first strike. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's basically like a, a red Gird for Battle that doesn't add counters. But uh, it's a card I used to see a lot of play. I used to play myself. And I think the deck should be playing that card, and I haven't seen it play that card yet. Um, just another one that I think of. Obviously, it's best when you have a Feather out, but it's still fine. And I understand wanting all your cards to either Cantrip or Scry, but I think getting that card back is just kind of game-breaking, along with Gird for Battle on your Feather. So just a card I would recommend people looking at. I'll actually gather the name real quick. Uh, while um, while I'm sitting here, if you got anything you want to talk about, uh, I think you mentioned it briefly. I think Brazen Borrower is an interesting card to look at. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. I mean that card blocks Smuggler's. Con- you, you know, you can yeah, you good can, point. You can disrupt a th- one of their threats, and then if you have the mana later on, you could just flash it in and block a Smuggler's Copter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I think bounce effects are pretty underrated. Like being able to get rid of your opponent's lid lines or whatever else. Again, it's a card that I definitely would be playing in my Phoenix deck if I had a couple of them. Yeah. What was the card we talked about last week in one of the mono green decks from Theros Block? Aether... Oh, jeez, I have to go back and look that up. Yeah. Coordinated Assault is the card I'm thinking of, by the way. Oh, yeah, Coordinated Assault. That's up the two one. target creatures each get plus one, plus one, first strike. Obviously, that, that whole set was built on the idea of Heroic. So, like, there's definitely several other cards. Triton Tactics is another one that's yeah, in yeah, blue yeah. that uh, is a mini dive down. It gives two creatures plus zero, plus three. It does not give them hex proof, but... Just some cards that I think could be interesting in your heroic decks. There's definitely a lot of stuff that takes advantage of that. And obviously, like if especially if you dip into blue, there's a lot of ways to give your cards protection. But white gives the same thing between uh, God's Willing and Brave the Elements. So yeah, for sure, uh, Brave the Elements, of course, not as great with the heroic creatures. Uh, no, it will, no, but it will, it will sort of get saves your, your butt sometimes. Yeah. Again, gives uh, protection. We were talking about earlier, uh, uh, not one we brought up this episode, but talking about with Ricky earlier, um, the things that protection gives and. One of them is the creatures of your color can't block. So uh, one card I definitely mentioned briefly. Of course, it does help our mono green deck list out here. Uh, but if you're sort of playing one of the red green stompy lists, mm-hmm. uh, heroic intervention I think is a very interesting card to be playing. Sort of a yeah. more fair veil of summer, if you will. It gives hexproof and indestructible to all your creatures, or and you. Okay, nice. But it's for two mana, this. and it doesn't draw a card. Right, right. So it's not broken, is what you're trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. It's not, gotcha. Bro- it's not broken. And of course, again, we'd mentioned a lot of white cards to be playing in the face of these mono black deck lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, a card I'm not playing, but I think I definitely want to be putting in my control list, uh, Blessed Alliance. Right. I've a been high on that card for a while, actually. Yeah, definitely a card I just never had copies of, so I never had a lot of experience playing it during that format. I was playing a lot of vampires at the time. Uh-huh. 
So I just really wasn't playing a lot of Bless the Lines. That card is definitely very good. What, here, here's a card I'm sort of looking at, mm-hmm. uh, sort of popping up to me. 21st place in the PTQ on the first PTQ, the one for Monday. Here's a mono whitelist playing Thalia Heretic Cathar. That's the 3 2? That's the 3 2 first strike that creatures and all basic lands enter the battlefield, your opponent's control tapped. Mm hmm. I probably just a good creature. I mean, yeah, it's good, and I think maybe that helps tap down if you can't answer a smuggler's copper can answer their creature threats, right? Yeah, that's an interesting one, right? Like as soon as they play a creature, it can't just you know come out and crew, uh, come out and crew a copter. I mean, it's not the huge, you know, the biggest effect. They could definitely just crew it the next turn uh, if they want to. But I mean, you know, their smuggler's copter is not blocking as effectively, right? I mean, just first strike is a pretty relevant keyword, I think, in this format. Especially with as yeah. many like zombies running around, so definitely. I think, a, somebody, a I think some of these ramp decks could be jumping on some world breakers some more. I think just people just need to be start evaluating and prioritizing a lot more artifact enchantment removal. For sure, for sure, and like I said, to be fair to these uh, you know uh, hive mind uh, moto players out here, the sideboards are getting better. Again, one of the things I, I think we we're kind of just touching on was the sideboards are getting better as we know more what we're playing against. I'm seeing fewer. I'm not saying none. Again, we talked about that beetle that means that says that um, Blight Beetle uh, cre- counters cannot be put on yes. your opponent's creatures. Uh, that's definitely a great card, but as we see less and less... Hardened Scales. Yeah, Hardened Scales running around. Probably not going to be playing that as much as you'll start playing your Alpine Moons and your I Blood mean, Suns I think you'll still be playing a lot, seeing a lot of Blight Beetles because of uh, the Monogreen decks in general. Sure. I mean, it's an AMS scavenging this card, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I don't know how many counters Mono Green's putting on its stuff, but I'm sure it's some amount. I mean, they have essentially just Walking Ballista and Voracious Hydra. They're two sort of key victory cards there. Oh, interesting. Does Blight Beetle stop? Wow. So if they just cast a Walking yeah. Ballista for like a million, it just comes in with zero counters on it? Yeah. Creatures you first can. Yeah. Okay, I guess. I, I, that's, I, the real, that's the real draw for Blight Beetle is that it just beats Mono Green. Right, that, that makes sense. You know, stops your opponent's walking bullets. Walking bullets is a man. What a great card! I the only thing in this, the only card in this deck in that deck that Blight Beetle loses to is Walking Ballista because that's pro green, so it can't even be targeted by the fight abilities. Yeah. So yeah, take a look at some sideboards, guys. Start looking at cards be beating mono black because I think I honestly I would I would hot take here since we're not going to really get into mm-hmm. hot takes without our third here hot take. I hope nothing gets banned out of Mono Black next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, like kind of we're talking about, this is a good one. I, I think that would be a good just to wait a little bit. There's plenty of cards at Exile, and again, I, if you ask me, uh, a lot of the power of that Mono Black deck is the fact that its threats are recursive. Giving giving the format some time to figure out how to try and answer that, I think I think might be kind of prudent. And again, you know, some of these decks I'm seeing don't have a ton of recursive threats. It's in this case, it looks like it's just Blood Soak Champion and uh, Scrap Reap Scrounger, but. Scrappy Scrounger certainly comes back a lot, right? When you start getting mm. several of them, it starts to be like a little mini Phoenix coming back as much as it does. So I definitely agree in giving the format some time to kind of settle these out. I and it's just, it's just not only are they recursive, it's just every card in all the creatures in this deck are more bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Night of the Ebon Legion is nothing to scoff at. Murderous right. Rider, nothing to scoff at. Rankle does a heck of a lot of work. It does. As much as, as, much as Ricky hates it, Nightmark the Lookout, still a pretty good one drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, somebody pointed out to me that, uh, you know, it gets gets that damage in for crew and copter. So pretty much your night market lookout is the copter pilot, you know? Sure. They just wanted the flavor. They just wanted a rogue uh, crew in the copter. So you could be like uh, Han Solo. So you'd be like Thanos. That's it. In the Thanos copter. 
in the Thanos copter. And I think on the Thanos copter, if you don't have anything else you want to talk about here, I think that's where we're ended this week. All right. We look forward to... Uh, we're going to record late next week? Uh, no, no, no. We'll, I think we'll still so have a regular recording time. It's the week after. The week after. All right. Yeah. Uh, again, I'll be I'll be in Disney here in two weeks. So we're going to have a late recording upload. Again, sorry about the late upload last week. I'm going to try and start having these podcasts up to everyone, hopefully by Friday afternoon. Uh, I think this week, this coming, yeah, hopefully by Friday afternoon is we'll start sort of where our uploads are going to hit. I just feel a little under the weather Friday after after getting off work. No excuses. Uh, no, no excuses. excuses. No. If we're going to sells out to the interwebs, we need these consistent uploads. Chill, chill, That you chill, do all chill, the work chill. for. Uh, again, <laughs> that I do all the work for. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, when the money comes in, I have that on recording as showing that I do all the work here. Uh, I'm going to delete that real quick because I'm the only <laughs> one who has that on recording. So. No, he figured it out. <laughs> all right, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, we are Crew 3. Crew 2 this week without Ricky. Crew We are again on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcast, whatever you want to call it. We are at Crew 3 Pod. On the Twitters, on the Instagrams, Chris and Ricky are both on Twitter. I don't know if you guys are on Instagram, uh, but I'm gonna start sort of retweeting them out from the main Crew Three Pod. If you guys want to yeah, track them down, Chris, we're tweeting out the deck lists that we that we post with the uh, players' names on them, to try and give them a little credit. Yeah, and I'm gonna sort of post some deck lists I see, uh, or even sort of what I'm playing. If you guys want to send me pictures of what you guys are playing, or you guys want to start tweeting out pictures of what you're playing, and then tell me to retweet it, I'll go ahead and do that as well. Sort of get you guys engaged. Sort of listeners weigh in on sort of what we're doing i think uh, maybe not this episode i know we initially talked about sort of getting some feedback from everyone uh this sort of episode is not uh the typical way i'd sort of want to start that off on so maybe next week we True. sort of get a a call in maybe hand out that email address get some people some listeners writing in sort of what you guys think we can improve on again we are trying to improve tell alongside this format tell us we suck tell us what we can fix we do we do enjoy doing this with you guys. These are conversations we're going to have anyway, so we might as well put them out for you guys to listen to, and hopefully you guys get some benefit from them. Uh, so again, thanks for listening to these first three episodes. Again, this episode isn't initially what we intended. Uh, fortunately, Ricky had that computer failure, and we're not going to be able to recover his audio anyway. So Chris and I just sort of decided to jump in and give you guys at least an hour to listen to of our rambling. I think no wish flow watch this week. What'd you say? That's oh, a no sorry, wish flow watch sorry, this week. Sorry, 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 sorry. Don't let me deprive you of this. No, no, no. It is no late. wish claw watch it this is... week. No, you're uh, not gonna give the people wish claw watch. No, I'm gonna surprise them next week. I found a deck. I'll leave you with this. This is this is my last statement. I believe I have found a deck in Pioneer. Okay, I will that say will feature more than two wish claw talismans. If you go undefeated at your local with this deck list, uh-huh. that doesn't count for wish claw watch, unless you then take it into Magic Arena uh-huh. or Magic Online okay. and win a league or a PDQ with it. Until the other big events start going on. Because next season, mm-hmm. when the SUG season starts and they're running Pioneer, I'm going to cut you off on the league events. Okay. All right. All right. So get in while we get this good. You have a lot of chances here. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for listening. Remember, check us out on the socials. Chris, sorry, I don't think you said, what is your Twitter if you want people uh, to find at, you directly? At, under, at it's underscore Christmas. And Ricky is at also Steve. And again, I don't have a personal one. I'm just running our Instagram and Twitter at, at Crew3Podcast. Thank you all again for listening. We're we'll end our ramblings here. Thank you for listening to our delirious ramblings. Talk to you all next time. Good night.